Okay, today I have a special guest with me. It's Katie McCarty. She is a special needs mom to three children, four total, and she also has ADHD. She likes to call her family NeuroSpicy. She has done an amazing job juggling the needs of her children as well as managing her mental health. This conversation brings so much light to juggling special needs children and what is involved from the moms and she has a lot to offer and talk with you about dealing with diagnosis, getting the help your children need as well as getting the help that you need as a mom to thrive. I know you're going to love this conversation, so let's get started. All right. Well, welcome back. So today I have another special guest. I'm really excited to have um, share her perspective with you. This is Katie McCarty. Welcome to Mind Your Motherhood podcast, Katie. Hi. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. You know, Katie, I've been watching your story. I met you about two years ago, I think it was. And Mm -hmm. I've just been enjoying watching your story unfold as your life as a mom juggling four kiddos. And I thought that you have a, a lot that you could share and bring to the table to help my listeners and to tell them your story about uh, three children with special needs and how you navigate that. So welcome to the show. Okay. So you, um, why don't you tell us a little bit what you feel comfortable sharing about your kids and maybe at the beginning, how it all started. Um, So I have four kids and they range from seven to two. Um, I have two girls and I have two boys. It it's kind of funny, like look like where I am now and kind of looking back, like it's really kind of hard to see it all unfold when you're in the thick of it, when you're kind of, you know, in the trenches of motherhood. And it's it's really hard to take a step back and be like, okay, like how did we get here? <laughs> like mm-hmm. what what ultimately got us here? Um so it all started with my oldest. Um, she's seven and, um, I, we all joked that she is literally a miniature version of myself. And it is very true. Like that sense of humor where you say like, you know, karma, like you're going to have a kid who's like coming, you know, to bite you in the butt. That is her. Like she, is, <laughs> she, she teaches and humbles me in so many ways on a daily basis. Um, and as she started getting older, um, I can also backtrack too. So, um, before I got married, um, I wanted to be an occupational therapist. So I was going to school and getting my prerequisites done, um, interning. Um, I was originally at a school where they had like a bridge to like a bridge program where you didn't have to complete your bachelor's degree you would just do this program and get a bachelor's degree in the process of getting your occupational therapy certificate. Like it was a really cool program. Um, It's dissolved now, but I was like, oh, that would be so cool because I could just get school all done in once and be an occupational therapist and it would be fabulous. Yeah. Um, It didn't, it didn't work out that way, but I learned like how much I loved it. And I really kind of got to see like what occupational therapists do and kind of get in that world a little bit. 
And then I was also um, a teacher's aide for a special needs classroom in a high school. And okay. it was the severe, like the severe, severe kiddos in, okay. in this high school class. And I did that for two years. And that was, tr- that I think was like kind of that window to be like, oh, wow. Like I had never been, like I had had some like interaction with kids who had you know, learning disabilities or things like that, but never like in a, on a, like a one-on-one close, you know, proximity. Mm-hmm. And so that was also just a really humbling experience and getting to learn about them in a school setting and, you know, what life is like for them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that, I feel like kind of gave me an edge as to look at my children and be like, hey, like, I was around these other kids and kind of had an idea of what their life is like. And I don't know why I had that lens on. But I feel like I was able to see things quicker, or easier than my Mm -hmm. husband or anybody else. Like, it was just kind of this lens of like, she's really struggling. But no one else would know that she was struggling other than me. Like, it Mm -hmm. was kind of just like, this, you know, this thing that I had. So I had originally talked, um, you know, putting around a bit like, cause I could see that my daughter had a lot of anxiety because I could see it in myself. Like I could see that we were both really struggling with a lot of the same things. Okay. And I'm like, gosh, I, it was also the perspective of, I don't want her to grow up and still struggle as an adult. Mm-hmm. That was also my perspective as well, because I felt like now as an adult, like I wish someone would have just advocated for me. Right. Like, I wish someone would have seen the signs in me or taken the time to, you know, do that for me as a child And I'm like, I want to do that now for my children, regardless if they're typical, you know, neurotypical or neurodivergent. Like, I just want to do whatever is in my power for my kids to give them the necessary tools to just be like a a functioning human being. Mm -hmm. And so I could start to see these signs of anxiety in my daughter. And I was like, gosh, where is this coming from? Like, it felt like it was kind of out of the blue. So we started her in therapy and just like play therapy just to be like, hey, like, are there, is it school? Is it home life? Like, are there things that she's experiencing that we don't know about that Mm -hmm. we can help her with? Like, are there different parenting tips and tricks that I can do? Like, what can we do to help her? Was based, I'm like, I don't know how to help her. Like, I felt at a complete loss. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I, and it's, it's really humbling when you have to go to other people and be like, I don't know how to help my child. Yes. I Mm -hmm. don't know how to parent her. And it was getting Mm -hmm. very, very difficult for both me and my husband. We were just like, this is not our daughter. Like things were shifting and we were like, this is, this is very, very hard. About what age was she? She, so 
I think she, so she was six. She was going into first grade. Okay. And there were a lot of contributing factors like COVID and we had just had a baby. You know, there were a lot of changes happening. So we were like, okay, there's a there's a lot of things there. But when you're a little kid, like you can do your best as a parent, but they're going to like process things in such a different way that you're just like, I don't know. So play therapy really helped. And then we just kind of started noticing some other things. Like as she has gotten older, um, like things just kind of got more and more magnified. And we were just like, oh my goodness. Um, And so then we were referred to occupational therapy and everything's just kind of snowballed from there. And her occupational therapist ultimately was like, we need to get some diagnoses done. She was like, not because that's going to like fix it, right? <laughs> not because getting a diagnosis is going to cure your child, but it will give you additional resources to then help your kiddo even more. You're going to, you learn so much about your kiddo when you're doing all of that for your kiddo. And then you can come back and be like, okay, what are some things that we can do best for her specifically? And we've learned that it is girls are so different in how they present so many, so many things than boys. Like I have two autistic children. So my oldest daughter is uh, diagnosed with autism. And then my four-year-old has autism and they are so, so very different and that's been a huge learning curve too. Cause I'm like, yeah, they're both on the spectrum, but she like is so such a different playing field for her than it is for him. And then I have a son who is an epileptic. And so we've got so many different ends of the spectrum and my epileptic has severe social anxiety. And so being able to manage all of the different playing fields and different emotions and different energies that all of my kids bring it is it is quite interesting and then I have a two-year-old and she is she's a whole bunch of energy like all on her own (laughs) (laughs) yes oh they're so cute too oh my goodness they're scrumptious um I was thinking about what you said about diagnosing because yeah sometimes there's all different opinions out there you know it can be Mm -hmm well, I don't want to label my child and I, I don't want to sure. put them in a box. And then you have other people that are like, they need labels. They need labels. Um, there's right. different ways of handling the labels. Absolutely. And I know for myself with my son, I was like, oh, well, okay. He's picking up, I'm picking up all of these symptoms. Mm-hmm. You know, they're self-diagnosing mm-hmm. <laughs> where That's it's like, oh, sure. well, yeah, I think it's this, that, and the other. But really, there is so many benefits of getting that written paper copy that says Mm -hmm. this is what's going on. Because I think not only does it help them, it helps us, it helps us get answers, but then you can also take that and research how to work with that, what their challenges are and how you can navigate those challenges. So it really is very important to get that. I believe so. And we got a pushback from my family um, when we were kind of starting all of this of like, 
well, like it doesn't change, like, you know, it doesn't change anything, but I'm like, but it does. Mm -hmm. It actually does. I'm like, it doesn't change like our love and how we like, you know, view our children. That doesn't change. Like our children are our children. And this is, this is their, you know, I'm not going to say trial in life, but this is the, this is what they've been given. And this, we are their parents. And I'm like, but like my husband, and I have always been of the view of like, just because our son has autism does not change how we love and, you right. know, how they are a part of our family. But what it does do is that we now are able to educate ourselves as parents better. Mm -hmm. I think you can then also, because I feel like one, being a mom in general is very lonely and mm -hmm. it's very like, it can be very closed off and it can be very difficult to navigate motherhood in general and then when you add that extra layer of a of a neurodivergent child, oh, it yeah. just closes you off even more. Yes. And it is very, very hard to then not feel like a complete failure yep. or you have done something wrong or that there is something wrong with your child. Like, I'm also of the opinion that like, there's nothing wrong with my, like, my child is not something that needs to be fixed. He's not broken. Like this mm -hmm. is who he is. And like, but the world doesn't view it that way. The world views, you know, it as like you, you know, aren't doing enough. You aren't doing a good enough job. You whatever, whatever, whatever. There's so many things that you can label that. And mm -hmm. so your, your, your community gets smaller and smaller as because it gets harder to do play dates. It gets harder yeah. to go out in public or to want to go do things in general, mm -hmm. leave your house yeah. because it, it's hard. It's yep. just so hard because you're like, as a, as a neurodivergent mom, you're like, okay, if we go out in public, <laughs> we have to, I'm thinking 20 steps ahead. <laughs> like, okay, I have to like mentally prepare, like, okay, if he gets triggered in this, how can I like sidetrack this? And if, you know, we pass this certain amount of time, like whoop, we're done, you know, you, uh -huh. you're, your brain is constantly like going for 20 different scenarios because who knows what's going to happen when you go out uh -huh. in public with your neurodivergent child. And so it makes making friends and doing that a lot harder. But when you do find the courage to get that diagnosis, you can then find your people mm -hmm. and you can be like, you're struggling with that too, because you feel so alone. You're like, there cannot be other parents who are struggling <laughs> with this too. Like I am the only one yes. <laughs> who is dealing with a 15 minute long meltdown. Like I have, yes. no one else is experiencing this, but it it is scary to like, to share it though, like I 100% honor that like, it can be really hard to share what you're going through because there is shame and judgment and guilt when it comes to mm -hmm. even just sharing your motherhood journey in general, mm -hmm. and then opening up and being like, 
I'm really struggling with my kiddo. Like Mm -hmm. I am at a loss with how to help them and how to handle what they're going through because you as a parent also get triggered and you're probably dealing with your own stuff while you're parenting your child. And so it's kind of this cycle that you're constantly going through of like, how can I work on myself and not feel triggered by what my child is doing and also help them? Mm-hmm. That's the cycle that like I am constantly on. I'm like, okay, how can I continue to work on me and also help my child? Because like we're we're all, we're in this together, but it's it it goes up and down all of the time. Like you're on a roller coaster and you're just begging to get off, but it doesn't end. <laughs> it is a never ending roller coaster. <laughs> and yes. sometimes it feels really cool. And other times you're like, I have got to get off of this. Right, right. Exactly. Because I think <laughs> that there's different, because they're different and they see things differently and they handle things differently. Mm-hmm. They can also bring a lot of fun yeah. and fun perspective oh, on absolutely. things and be, yeah, I know for my yes. son, he's a big feeler. So when he was younger, mm-hmm. you, we would go places and do things. And it was so like 10 times more, uh, what's the word? Just um, exciting because his reaction yes. was 10 times. And I see that, that so much often. now. He is my firstborn. Yes. And I see that so much. He's just like, what? <laughs> and my other kids are like, uh-huh. It was nice. It was fun. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's Thomas exactly. the Train. Whereas yes. the other one was like, it's uh-huh. Thomas. We got to tell everybody in the whole world yes. this is Thomas. Like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and when you've got, you know, when you have other children and you, you know, I feel like there's also, at least for me every now and then I'm like, gosh, like I, I feel like I next my other children. And I feel like I, you know, struggle to give my time to all of my kids because sometimes I'm heavily devoted to my four-year-old. My Mm -hmm. four-year-old, he's definitely the one who takes the most attention and um, requires the most energy from me and my husband. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, gosh, how, how can I, you know, divide my time? How can I make sure that I, you know, can be present for all of my kids and not feel like I'm neglecting them when, you know, he's really struggling or just wants to be next to me or have snuggle time or, you know, whatever it may be. So I think there's that balance too of like understanding that, you know, it, I think it all comes full circle eventually. And Mm -hmm. that like, I feel you know, my kids will remember certain things and then they won't remember other things. I'm like, I don't think they're going to remember this and that's okay. And if mm-hmm. we, and if they do, it'll be a learning opportunity for all of us. And like, I also want to show my kids that like, I am far from perfect. <laughs> like I am not a perfect mom. I am a human being, but I think like I was raised that like, that was the standard. Perfect was the standard and your house was perfect and everything looked a certain way and you were raised, you know, in that, that way. And that's, that's very hard to live up to like as a child. And then Mm -hmm. like as an adult to try to fit that mold. And I'm like, you know what? 
like I would rather like have teaching moments and let my kids know that like mommy has really bad days and mommy really struggles sometimes. And there are times where I need to be alone and that I love you, but I need my space because if not, like mommy's not going to be a very nice person to be around and teach them that. Like, I want to teach them that like, I am, I'm a human and that I am learning and that I am doing my best and trying to instill that in my children, because then they can recognize and be like, okay, like I'm doing my best too. And I have feelings and my feelings are valid and we can work on it. And that it's, we don't have to strive for like, you know, this perfect, whatever, like Mm -hmm. that, that is so stressful. And that puts so much pressure on you as a parent. And then your child, like, I don't want that for my kids to feel like that they have to feel like they have to attain some, you know, achievement of whatever in parenthood or being a a kiddo. I'm like, let them just be a kid. Like, let's let, let's figure this out together and let's enjoy this time because it is so fleeting. I'm like, my daughter turns eight in a couple of weeks. And I'm just like, (laughs) I, she turns eight. Like, that's a big deal. Eight is like, oh my gosh. Like we're halfway through. I feel like her childhood, you know, and then in a few years, (laughs) teens and I'm just like stop like it's just (laughs) ever so fleeting and I you know I just I want I would I want to be a teacher for my kids I want to teach them and be an example to them that like mommy has friends mommy is taking care of herself and mommy and daddy spend time together and all of these things Yeah, because those are so vital tools for them as well as they grow to adulthood. Because if they're always taught to just, you know, you have to meet this standard and stick to the standard, then they also are always Mm -hmm. going to be looking for outside validation and looking for what's the standard that I have to follow. Whereas teaching Mm -hmm. them how to cope with themselves and their emotions and everything and helping them learn. I totally agree with this thing of helping children learn that they're important, but so are the other people in the family. Other people have feelings and limitations. I think that's one of the Mm -hmm. hardest things that I've had to constantly reiterate with my kiddos is that, especially with all the ADHD is you know, people need oh, space. Absolutely. You have to, you uh-huh. have to give them their space. I love you. Yes, Don't you touch me right now. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Everyone's yes. got a bubble and a boundary. Yes. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> Does not mean I don't love you. It just means I'm going to go exactly. and, and regulate my own emotions so that nobody gets, nobody gets yes, sad. Nobody gets hurt. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's ever evolving too. And, you know, sometimes things work for a little bit and then you have to pivot. <laughs> and like, yes. we've, you know, we, we pivot a lot in our house. It's like, even my husband are like, why is this not working anymore? Oh yeah. <laughs> it was working and it's not working anymore. What is happening? And so you do, you have to learn to kind of like release a lot of expectations that either you put on yourself or you get from family members or social media or whatever it may be. And just be like, you know what, like we, we have to pivot. Like we have to start doing things differently or you're just going to be caught in this vicious cycle of Mm -hmm. 
guilt or shame, or, you know, you're going to just run yourself into the ground. You're going to burn out and Mm -hmm. burn out as a mom. And then that creates resentment and so many other things that just, I feel like are so such negative energies to bring into the home. And, Mm -hmm. um, but when you can pivot and when you can like shift your perspective or when you can, you know, allow, you know, those expectations to release and just be like, okay, like I'm going to let my kid take the lead on this one, or I'm going to let them like figure it out on their own and natural consequences are (laughs) going to come. Like they're, they're going to have to figure this out and, you know, kind of just, you know, taking a step back and being like, Hey, like, this is something they need to figure out. I have to take a step back because if I keep interjecting, like that's not going to help them learn. And it's going to be really hard for both of you. You're like, this is really difficult for them. And this is really difficult for me. But in the end, like, it's going to be so beautiful um, once it finally like does come together. Absolutely. Oh, good. So good. Um, I wanted to ask you, so how, what are things that you, put into place maybe weekly or how is it that you have been able, we talked a little bit about setting boundaries. What are things Mm -hmm. that you've been able to do to help you avoid burnout? Because looking at you right now, she, she looks gorgeous. (laughs) Hair's on, makeup's on. (laughs) And I will say she, she is a saint artist and I love her makeup, great makeup. And so she always shows up uh, looking great and taking care of herself and that shows. So how have you been yes. able to do I that? think, I, honestly, I think recognizing, and it, it's, it's a daily thing. Like this is something I have to practice and remind myself on a daily basis is that like, it is okay to put myself first. Like mm-hmm. it is 100% okay to do that because I was experiencing major burnout and it was because I was doing literally everything for everybody else. And mm-hmm. I would, I was apologizing for doing things for myself. And I was like, this is dumb. Like, this is so dumb. Like I am a human being. I'm a human being too. Like yes. I am, I'm not a robot. I do uh-huh. not have like, you know, a, a battery that just goes and goes and goes. Like I just do not. And it, I was just, I was feeling just so gross. And I did start to resent my kids. And there were, it was just this long period of me just like hating it. Mm-hmm. And just like literally, like I was just going through the motions. Nothing. It, it, and I was like, I felt like a shell of a person. And I'm like, this is like, I can't do that. And it was just like a wake up call because with my kids, I was like, this, no, like, this is not the example. This is not the kind of person that I am. Like, I am not this person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, I truly like, I get ready probably six out of the seven days a week. There are always days where I'm just like, I'm not in the mood. And that is totally fine. We give ourselves grace there. But I, I do like, even if I just put my hair up in like a messy bun, I do get dressed and I do put my makeup on. Mm -hmm. Even if I am just staying home and I'm wiping butts and I'm giving snacks 
And Mm -hmm. I am like regulating emotions every day. If I can look in the mirror and be like, look really cute today. Like we can handle it. Yes. (laughs) Like if I feel good, if I feel good and if I look cute and I took the time to like, and for me, like it's a creative outlet. Like I don't have a lot of time, like for hobbies or to feel creative in a lot of ways, but I'm like, "Hmm, I can put my makeup on and I can feel creative with like this. Fun eyeshadows and everything. Yes. It's just an outlet. It's a fun outlet for me instead of like going to Target and spending money. I'm like, that's not a healthy outlet. Like doing right. my makeup is a healthy outlet. <laughs> right. Oh, definitely. So it's just, but it is, it is practice. It is constant practice and recognizing like, okay. And, and advocating for yourself. Like we so often advocate for our children And we are really, really good at that. Like Mm -hmm. I am very good. Like you mess with my kids or something is happening. Boom. Like I am there. I will, I will be that mom. Like I will be that mom advocating for my kid and being like, no, 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 no. This is not what we're going to do. We're going to do this instead. And we're going to fix it. That's Uh me. But I have a really hard time doing that for myself. Mm -hmm. I have a very hard time going inward and being like, actually, like, I have to say no here. I have to set a boundary. I really want to go spend time with my friends, but I also know myself. And if I do that, like, it's going to ripple effect in a not a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, recognizing and, like, being more in tune with myself and recognizing my limitations and my boundaries and voicing them voicing them to my kids out loud and being like, mom needs 10 minutes. I am feeling anxious. I am feeling this way. I need 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that I think is really like really hard. I remember the first time I did that to my husband, I was like, I feel really weird doing this, but I have to tell you how I feel because if not, there's like, I'm just going to hold it against you. And I'm going to blame you for all of my problems. (laughs) We're going to have an internal fight and you're going to lose and it's not going to be pretty. And so when I started voicing my like feelings to my husband and not holding that against him either, because a lot of the times he's like, yeah, sure. Like go, it'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just you know, I feel grateful that my husband is very so supportive in a lot of ways. And he's just like, like, or sometimes he will just be like, you need to go upstairs. Like he'll recognize it before I do. And he's like, you need to leave. And I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for that. He's like, I need you to go because if not, like, cause I've also told him, I'm like, you know, when we were first having kids, I'm like, there are certain things that I don't want to be in a mom. I'm like, there are certain things that I don't want to do or say. And so I've also told him that so that if he sees me start to do them, he's like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, you said you didn't want to sound like that. You said you didn't want to talk to like your kids that way. You said that you didn't want to present yourself that way. And so as I have, and it's hard to talk about that. But yeah. he can now recognize and be like, you sounded just like your mom right there. And you said you didn't want to do that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yep, totally <laughs> triggered right there. 
I was totally triggered, but I can then go back to my kids and be like, you know what? Mommy was not in a very good mood. Mommy is actually very tired and she's actually very hungry. And when I get that way, I can act a certain way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going back to my kids and then, and just taking it back to them too. And being like, you know what? I'm so sorry that I yelled. I'm so sorry that I got way more frustrated than I should have. And, you know, talking to them about it and being like, you know what? It happens. I'm really sorry. And I'm trying my best. And, you know, can we do better? And a lot of the times the kids are just, they're so, they're way more generous to us than we are (laughs) to ourselves. So true. Like they are so forgiving and they're usually Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But I feel like just opening up that communication and that dialogue for my kids and for my husband and for myself, like having that like two-way communication so that my kids know that they can come to me and that I'm going to be there for my kids and my husband's going to be there for me. Like, it's like we're creating this one really awesome team and that we've got like these lines of communication open, like even just starting them when they're young. And we're having that because, you know, who knows what the teen years or adult life is going to look like for them. But just knowing that like those lines of communication are open between me and my husband and between us and them, that's huge. Mm -hmm. So I also take a bath every single night before bedtime. (laughs) Nice. That is my one caveat. I know (laughs) not everyone can do that. But like right after dinner, I come up and I take like a 30 to 45 minute scalding hot bath. And I like decompress before bedtime. Like they get one-on-one daddy time and they get to do whatever with dad and they like play games or, you know, whatever it may be. I get to come up and decompress and then we do bedtime together. And it, I've been doing it for a couple of years now and it is a legit game changer. I love it so much. So I'm curious. So yeah. Oh, uh, so do no, you do the dishes good. before the bath, after the bath? Do they do the dishes? At what point do the dishes? Um, my husband does the dishes. So we also have a rule awesome. in our house that whoever cooks doesn't clean. And I cook awesome. 99% of the time. So I'll usually make dinner and he usually picks up um, dinner while I take the bath and he gets them, you know, uh, ready. Um, and then we all come together and finish bedtime and it's great. That sounds nice. But that was something I really had to advocate for Mm -hmm. because bedtime and like that after dinner time was so crazy and stressful. And I found like, that's when like I was the most triggered and that's when I was the most touched out of the day because dinner time for a long time was really stressful in our house because I have very picky eaters Mm, and dinner time was just not fun. And it was so exhausting. And I was tired at the end of the day. So I needed to take some time for myself so that I could finish the evening on a good note instead of sending to kids, sending kids to bed when I'm in a bad mood and we're ending the night in a very stressful way. Like, I don't want to keep doing that. I recognized and had to advocate for, and yeah, it's, 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 this, it's an ebb and flow and you figure out what's going to work best for you. And then like once a month I go play bunco with my friends 
and you know, I get out of the house and I get to go, I get to go play Bunko and I get to go chat and have a little bit of girl time and, nice. you know, finding other ways to just fill up my cup and yeah. like take off that mom hat and be like, I can't, I can't be a mom anymore. I need to, I need to be something else. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, so good. Katie, I love how you're, you're really <laughs> working on the home unit, you know, and, and making that mm -hmm. the best that it can be for you and your family and yeah. really just working with those kiddos because it's so, it's so important. We need to see that more and more. And it is, it is possible to take care of the kids, take care of their needs, take care of your needs and the husband Absolutely. and to all work together. And yes. that's why I wanted to have you on is because I think you're doing mm -hmm. a great a great job with that. Thank so you. where can people connect I, with you? Um, Instagram primarily is like my home, my home place. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, Facebook is also another place where you can find me. I am starting. Um, I will, it's launching this summer is a like neurodivergent mom group um oh, where moms nice. who have special needs neurodivergent kids um can have a place a safe place to come and be because i feel like there's a lot of mom groups out there there's not a lot of mom groups out there for kids who have special needs or if you're a neurodivergent mom trying to navigate motherhood this will be a safe place for you to come and just, you know, share and like meet other moms who get it. Because mm -hmm. I feel like creating that community and finding more tools that you can put in your tool belt. Like I'm all about tools. Like if it is a tool that's just going to get me to like the next step, or if it's a tool that's just going to like get us through the next couple of months or whatever it may be like, I want all the tools in my tool belt to help me and to help my children. If it's another therapy, if it's something else that we're adding to our schedule, yeah, it might feel really full, but like, give me the tools that, that I can help my children and that my children are going to have the best possible chance in life. So I'm like, I'm all about the tools. I'm all about finding um, ways to take care of myself, to take care of my mm -hmm. kids and helping other moms find those tools too, because you enter this neurodivergent world, you get, you get a diagnosis and they kind of hand you this paper and then they're like, good luck. Yes. And it's like, yes. <laughs> okay. And then you're just Thank left. You That's so it. Much. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're like, here's some things that you could possibly do, but you still have to do it on your own. Like we aren't going to do this for you. Right. And so you are literally like, you now have to navigate that. Mm -hmm. But, and so I had to rely heavily on our occupational therapist because this is their world and be like, now what do we do? Like, yep. what, where do I go from here? What is next? And yeah. they were able to provide me with resources and different tools that I, that we can, you know, move forward with. And I wish I am forever grateful for them. Cause if not, I would be like, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Cause I don't yeah. know what to look for. I don't know what to Google. I don't know what to research. Like mm -hmm. I, this is, 
I am, I am, I am in this world, but in a different way. Like I'm a parent in this world, but I am not like a professional in, you know, in that arena. Like I'm a professional in my kids. Like I am 100% an expert in my children, Mm -hmm. but I'm not an expert in like our community and what is available that way. Like I have no clue. And some areas are better than others. Some have Mm -hmm. lots of resources and some have very minimal and, or you have to truly create your own. You have to, you have to do a lot of the research and you have to be the one to get the ball rolling. Right. And so, um, that is super, that's also another overwhelming part is like a lot of the times it is you, (laughs) Yes. You have to be the one to push for it. You have to be the one to push for the diagnosis. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 it is you and, right. um, and all I the paperwork no shame either way. Yes. <laughs> yes. All and the paperwork, like, all the paperwork. Oh my gosh. The paperwork. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember getting the envelopes and I, I we did three and I'm like, I don't remember. I cannot retain all of this information about my child. Yes. And you have to recall all of this stuff and answer all of these questions. And my brain was just fried. I'm like, and so I think I, I, not to put anyone off for getting a diagnosis, but I think there are a lot of reasons why you wouldn't because it is overwhelming and it is a lot of information and there is a lot of work that goes into it because we were looking at um like we wanted to get a service dog for our children Aww. and it is so much work to get a service dog Aww. and the amount of hoops that you have to jump through at least here to get a service dog it is un real unreal how they make you jump through all of this because they want to make sure that this is going to be like a good fit for you and your family and your child or your situation and they were saying that there are so many people who probably could have a service dog but they don't because it is so much work yeah and so but I think in diagnosing your child it is so much work, but it is so worth it in the end. Right. Like that work is not wasted. That time is not wasted. The effort that you're going to put into getting your child diagnosed and services for your child, like that is not effort and time wasted. That is that is time going in to just better help your child to allow things to move forward for you and for your child. But I think a lot of the times we see it as a waste because we don't know the future. We don't know Mm -hmm. if this is going to work. We don't know what is going to happen in the next five years. Right. And like you said, it's like they give you this diagnosis, they give you the paperwork and then they say, okay, good luck. And that's it. And so Mm -hmm. then you feel like, Mm -hmm. okay, I just did all this work. I just spent all this time in testing. And what was it all for? Uh-huh. I knew that this is what I was dealing uh-huh. with. So why did I just waste my time? Yes. But I will say you've, you've mentioned, and I know for me, I also went through it, is that when you do get the diagnosis, if you, if you do your research, you also get um, different programs and different yeah. grants that you can have access yes. to. So if you didn't have yes. a diagnosis in the paperwork, you want to have access yes. to that. 
So absolutely. So it's a big, a big bonus. And, and it's, it's, ex, it's expensive. And I'm like, for mm-hmm. us too, I'm like, you know, we have three kids currently in the program here in Idaho. And I'm like, I can't speak on other states, but I can speak to Idaho. And there are like, there are a lot of services and there are like, we have a very, we have a specific like autistic grant that we got for our children that can provide therapies and equipment and things that we can do for our home. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were able to get it for my son who's an epileptic because he's an actual like medical physical condition. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there are grants, but again, you know, like it's, it's finding, it's finding the right people who are willing to help and who other moms who can be like, yes, like we did this. We loved this therapy place. This therapy place was awful. We had a terrible experience here. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I think, yeah, being, being willing to share, um, even if it's just privately, like with yourself, even if it's just writing down journaling Mm -hmm. also is very therapeutic for me because then I feel like I can get it out of my body. Oh yeah. Because a lot of the times I feel like us as moms, we hold on to that. Like we will hold on to all of those feelings and it's going to create like spirals in my head. I will go to a deep, dark place. I will overthink everything. I will, you know, go to places that I don't want to as a mom because I'm holding on to things that happened or may or may not happen, you know, thinking Mm -hmm. future wise or, you know, the next day or whatever it may be. But sometimes mm-hmm. just writing it down, even if it's on your phone, even if you can just like brain dump a little bit and be like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling this way. Like, this is what's happening. Here's where I'm at. Just right. getting it out. And then you can look at it and be like, oh, but actually it wasn't that bad. And we I actually made it through. And gosh, like that was just a month, like a month ago, like it'll, it can go by a lot quicker. And then like, I look back like a year ago, we started almost all of this and I'm just like, we've come so far. Like Uh Boston has progressed so immensely in the last year. Like he is, but it's really hard to see that. Right. Until like, I've had a lot of people, they're like, oh my gosh, Boston's doing so good. He's grown so much. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't know, like I'm with him every single day. Like it's really <laughs> yeah. hard to see like a lot of that progression because I'm just like, because I am still thinking like, but he's struggling still so much and he's still not talking like he should. And he's not like the other almost five-year-olds. You know, you still kind of get in that mindset. But when you have other people be like, oh my gosh, like look at him though. And you're like, but wait, he has made so much progress. Like, we are like things are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so important. Yeah, so Absolutely. important to look at all the progress that's made. It's so easy to just keep our eye focused at what we're trying to achieve and where we're going that yes. we forget to look back and see, look how far we've come. Mm-hmm. Look how look at everything we've done, all the things we've accomplished. Yeah. So, uh, well, you yeah, know us. We could keep. Day, you're just like yeah. we could keep I talking know. and talking for hours. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. I yeah. love talking my with DMs you, Katie. are always open and I am an okay. open book. Like, I'm not a professional. I can't tell you what to do with your child. I can't tell you to get your child diagnosed. I can't tell you that, you know, you need a diagnosis for your child, but I can offer you like peace and relief. And, you know, I can be there to commiserate when your child is freaking out over food on their plate or they're completely sensory overloaded. And you as a mom, you know, are just, are, you don't know how to help your child. So my DMs are always open. You can find me on Facebook or message me however you want to. Cause I, I will feel put like, your info in the comments for sure. Yes, so they can connect you can, with you. Sometimes you just need to be able to let it out to another mom where there's no judgment and you can mm -hmm. just feel not like a complete psycho parent yes. and that you're not alone in this journey. Cause I promise you, you're not, you're not alone in this journey. Your community will come and those moms are out there, but they're also waiting for you because they might be waiting for you to share their stories so that they're comfortable enough to share theirs. So sometimes it just takes you opening up your mouth to share so that another mom feels safe to share what she's going through too. So good. So good. Well, we will end on that note. Thank you, Katie, Perfect. for being here. You're so welcome. All right. Well, yes. everyone have a great day. You did it. You just took time out for yourself. I'm so proud of you. Hey, you want to stay connected with other moms just like you who enjoy listening to this podcast? Head on over to Facebook and join my group, Mind Your Motherhood. Or if you're looking to have a more personal experience, why not book a free call with me to see how I can help support you with one-on-one -on -one coaching. I am so grateful that you're here today and that you took the time to listen to this. I would be even more grateful if you would share it out or leave a review. What better way than to help a friend out, right? Until next week, I'm cheering for you. Now go hug your kids and have a great day in your mom life.